1: Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, to the C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Bryant, broadcasting from within the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. I want to welcome all of you who come along with us daily as we build the bridge to conversation right here in our great nation. And uh, hey, folks, it is a great day in the USA. Coming up in the show today, uh, Senator uh, well, uh, United States Representative, House of Representative Mike Johnson will be on with me. He sits on that House Judiciary Committee. And, um, hey, folks, uh, we just simply want to know, how long is his chairman, Chairman Nadler, or the chairman of the committee, uh, Chairman Jerry Nadler, willing to go with this? Let me just ask, let me just pose this to you right now. I mean, really? um, John Dean, uh, most of you may not be... Some of you may not be as is quite as old as I am or been around as long as I have been, but I remember John Dean. I was in high school. I was in high school uh, when all of the, the Nixon fiasco was going on. And uh, as I was a senior. I was about to graduate from high school. And um, John Dean was a rat then. And evidently, he's still a rat. You know, who, who, what is the... What are they trying to accomplish by bringing John Dean in? Well, you know the story. You know what they're trying to do. They're trying to make this look as Watergate-ish as possible. Oh, it may not be Watergate, but it's Watergate-ish. That's what they they want to paint as far as the president is concerned. And then later on in the show, we're going to have... On with me, Derek Wilbert, who is the founder of Colorado Rocky Mountain, well, Rocky Mountain black conservatives, black Rocky Mountain black Republicans. And he is doing a fantastic job of preparing young people for the conservative revolution that by necessity has to take place. Because if in fact we do not place in the hearts and minds of our young people right now the idea that uh, they will be absolutely marooned on a on an economically deserted island, if they follow these progressive liberals down their yellow brick road, young people hear me. And those of you who are parents, grandparents to these young people use those words that I have just shared with you. They need to know that they are going to be economically marooned on a desert island. In their near future, if, in fact, they do not throw off the shackles of progressive liberal speak and thought and do not buy into the idea that somehow rich folks are bad folks. Please don't do that. I was having a conversation with one of my daughters the other day. <laughs> I'm not going to call her name. Uh, the other girls will know who I'm talking about. My son will know too. And we were talking about uh, now. Now, keep in mind, keep in mind this daughter in particular. Um, somewhere along the line, somebody slipped her a uh, pretty healthy dose. ...of the progressive liberal Kool-Aid. Not so much that she is just crazy because she likes to make money. Does it well. But for some reason, like a lot of young people... uh, ...she feels as though... ...somehow we owe something to poor people who are being exploited in diamond mines that, and coal mines that uh, fuel the iPhone rage and all of that type of thing. Somehow we should see to it that they are treated better in the diamond mines of South Africa or the Congo or, uh, you, know, you know. And when you try to explain to them that the poor have always been here. They will always be here. And quite frankly, whatever meager, and, and listen, this is not a heartless CL talking to you. This is a person who understands the nature of business, not only in this country, but the way it operates and has operated for a millennium throughout the world. Those who do not find the gumption to break out of their present circumstances, they are then uh, swept into, just like in America, generational servitude and codependency on those who provide for them just enough. To squeeze by. Are you hearing me? I was speaking with her. And um, I was saying. That it's strange how. We. Attack the rich. But yet we. Many times. Do that on instruments. And devices. That. Wealthy people. Risk their capital to bring to market so that all of us can benefit from it. And the same risk is that they would lose that capital if they invested, if in fact the idea, the technology, whatever it is they have invested in, does not work. Only in America can uh, stories of um, many people from other countries who escaped here to America legally, legally, I may add, be told. This is the place where that can be told. And when they come here, friends, they are looking for uh, the justice of competing on a playing field where the opportunity does, in fact... Exist for those still coming from foreign lands hoping to make a fortune. I know many who have that story of coming from a foreign land to America and finding their fortune. My question has always been this. Why is it then that so many of us born here on these shores have not been able to get past the pain of our past so that we can rightfully, fruitfully, enjoy the opportunities that we have in this nation. May I add that I am speaking certainly to black people uh, pointedly when I say this, and I'm speaking to young white millennials when I say this, because somehow the progressive liberal machine has been able to take and twist the mindset of young white people to a point where they are being taught to dislike, even hate, themselves. doesn't make much sense to me when, for the longest time, The longest time we have been taught that we want to be judged by the content of character, not the color of skin, yet. When it comes to young white people, and certainly now older white males, and we're going to talk about the Joe Biden thing here a little bit later on, because there is a certain element of hypocrisy in the Democrat Party when they talk about uh, throwing Joe over because he's uh, an out-of-touch older white male. There has to be, you must point to a certain hypocrisy that does exist in that manner of thinking. And there is a certain um, paradox, let's say, when it comes to young people, young white people in particular, being taught that yes, we want to make certain that we have a society that is judged by content of character, not by color of skin, only to have those tables turned by progressive liberals on young white people, telling them that the color of their skin actually denounces and uh X's out any. Content of character that they may have by virtue of them being the uh, the the the, the ans- or being the 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 the, pro- the the children of white ancestors in this country, they're disqualified. Now, my point is this. If we are going to continue marching toward a more perfect union, as we did after the ratification of the Constitution, there are all kinds of bad things going on in America, but steadily. Even through the Civil War, up through the 60s, 1960s, through the 70s, 80s, 90s, to this present point. We have marched steadily toward a more perfect union. Huh. Only to get to this place. And it's truly a crossroads in America right now where we somehow feel that that content of character thing can't possibly apply to young white people who are being judged and certainly older white men who are being judged by the color of their skin. This cannot be a one way street. Just for people of color to be uh, judged by content of character and not by color of skin. That has to be something that is across the board. I know what some of you may say. Well, white people have always been judged by their character. No, they haven't. And not their skin color. No, they haven't. Uh, Even back in the 60s, I'm about to say something to you here that hopefully will be a conversation piece for you. Even back in the days when there was Jim Crow and slavery in this country. And that's the reason why people like uh, Joe Biden uh, and the progressive liberals, along with the Al Sharptons of the world, like to play on the emotional race card that is color in this country it's because everyone with any common sense should know that all of no group no group of people all of no group of people or maybe i'm not phrasing that right but everyone in any group of people let me put it that way cannot be evil no Cannot be the same, cannot be racist, xenophobic, homophobic, slave owners, haters of white folks, ignorant, stupid. 100% of there is not one group in this nation or in the world can possibly be labeled and judged. As a group of people. Yet. That's exactly what we have done. And when we're moving in the direction that we're moving in. Let's just face it. We are elevating a mood in this nation. And hey, listen, you Caucasian Americans out there, you better listen to me. And and you 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 black Americans, you Latino Americans, you better listen to me because when I when I tell you that you we are setting up and writing a prescription for absolute American disaster by uh compartmentalizing people into uh, saying all of y'all are this, and all of y'all are this. That, my friends, is a prescription for disaster. And you're beginning to see it even on college campuses with young folks on college campuses wanting to segregate themselves. And it's not the young white people on campus who are necessarily wanting to segregate themselves. You are beginning to see, and it's, it's tragic, that you are beginning to see young black folks on elite college campuses saying that they want separate but equal dormitories where they can have their own communities and and all of that type of thing. Let me share this with you. Here in, uh, in my hometown, Shreveport, Louisiana, ordinance being voted on today. And I'm going to talk about this a little bit later on today. Ordinance being voted on today on sagging pants. There's an ordinance that was put in place that... Outlawed, sagging pants, new mayor comes into office, black mayor comes into office. What's on his agenda? To eliminate that ordinance. When I return, I'm going to tell you how crazy that is, how ridiculous that is for the rest of America and how that fits into our narrative today how white people are being judged by the color of their skin and not the content of their character, and not anymore. Not in today's America, open season on Caucasians. I'll be back with more of the C.L. Bryant Show when I return.
2: High. Our hearts are bowing in
1: CL, back with you coast to coast, border to border, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, America. Uh, the theme running through the show today is open season on Caucasians by Caucasians. Oh, yeah, the progressive liberals, uh, uh, even though you see a smattering of black folks in uh, the progressive liberal cause, you have to keep in mind that black folks only make up 13, well, 12 percent of the population. That's right. That abortion thing is really putting a dent in the black population. And as someone pointed out, I heard I heard someone point out that the progressive liberal stance uh, and the abortion, the the um, um, Ku Klux Klan stance on abortion are exactly the same when it comes to black folks. It's the exact same. It's the exact same stance of Margaret Sanger when it comes to black folks. And the odd thing about it is that now you have uh, open season of attacking character of Caucasians by Caucasians who happen to be progressive liberal Caucasians. And for some reason, they think that it is good policy, good politics and a great strategy to run candidates Regardless of how they may uh, their skin tone may be to run candidates who are willing to uh, attack and tear down the historical references to anything white in this country. Now, before you all start deriding me and riding me out of town on a tarred and feathered rail. Uh, No, I am just simply telling you the truth about how they are manipulating this entire scenario. And if you will simply open your eyes, you will be able to see the hypocrisy behind all of this. It is true that I I didn't get smarter when integration came back in 1968 to my neck of the woods in Louisiana. I I didn't get smarter uh, or or, or, uh, become a better citizen or anything just because, pardon me, I was able to sit in class beside white kids. No, 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 no. In fact, on the contrary. I was actually a better student when the schools were segregated. You, you'll never know. I could never really tell you uh, how the upheaval and and the turmoil of integrating schools through the busing and all of the parents uh, saying what they had to say, black and white on both sides. We'll never be able to tell you what effect that took upon the psyche of both uh, black children and white children. And for the first couple of years, uh, we were basically in warfare with each other. <laughs> yeah. Because we didn't know each other. And I was actually a better student during segregation, because whatever you may want to say about The segregation, especially when it comes to schools. There was one thing that I knew about the black teacher. He or she. They wanted me to succeed. Yeah. They wanted me to succeed. And for the first few years of integration i was junior high school when integration hit i really did not know whether or not some of the teachers that i was being taught by after segregation was over had a vested interest in me succeeding there's a young man who is definitely vested in making certain that our young people succeed in ways that will be beneficial to them as we move forward in forming a more perfect union. He's a friend of mine, Derek Wilburn known him for years now. And Derek is the founder of Rocky mountain, black conservatives, Rocky mountain, black Republicans. And he has a mentoring program where he places. interns into the halls of legislation, Washington, D.C., and other places where they can have a hands-on look at how, let's just say, the sausage of American government is made. Help me welcome back to the show, Derek Wilburn. How are you, brother? Glad you're on. Young,
0: handsome C.L. Bryant, uh, if I were any better, I'd be guilty. Man, I am blessed coming and going. I've got... Beautiful children, the love of a good woman, everything I need, most of what I want. I'm good, man.
1: I am really glad to hear it, Derek. Uh, A happy American, folks. That's what we have here. He's one of our native sons, worn our uniform, and his son now is wearing that uniform as well. But, Derek, tell us now, I saw in a newsletter from you that uh, your interns are actually on the spot, doing the job, on the job. Talk to us about that mentoring program, the genesis of it, and where is it now? What's going on with it? They
0: are on Capitol Hill as we speak. Our third internship class, the 2019 class, arrived in Washington, D.C. last Sunday. I was there. and They live in the dorm rooms at George Washington University, so they can commute to Capitol Hill and back on the Metro train. And these are young black American students and and we have some Latinos this year as well they come from we have students this year from university of california system arizona state howard we have students from historically black colleges in the deep south oakwood in in huntsville alabama florida a m and tallahassee they come from all across the country and we take these young black american minds 18 19 20 year olds and say we're going to send you to work for a summer in a conservative Republican office, so you can learn and experience firsthand, with your own eyes and your own your own ears, the truth about who conservatives are without without the corrupting filter of the educational establishment or of a media establishment, and form your own opinions about what's true concerning Republicans and what is not. And they go home changed forever.
1: Wow. And that, my friends, is exactly uh, the work that must be done if young people are are not to wake up 5, 10, 20 years from now and find themselves on a desolate economic island because of progressive liberalism. They have to be exposed. Let their own eyes see for themselves the difference between the lawmaking abilities of Republicans, Democrats, conservatives and progressive liberals. Derek, I just applaud you on that, man. Uh, Let me ask you this. I've been talking a lot about the the toxic masculinity and the time goes by so fast when you you and I are talking here that I just want to make sure that we get the topics on the table and we can circle back around to anything that you want. But before we talk about toxic masculinity, tell people how to get a hold of you, how to help you in your efforts if in fact they're so inclined.
0: It's very simple black and conservative.com black com. Uh, our interns are paid. So this isn't charity work. Most of these are coming from a background where they just can't take a summer off and and have no income. So they are paid. We also pay their transportation costs, their airfare to and from Washington, D.C., and we pay for their summer housing. Uh, So they they, they have no expenses other than expenses they otherwise would have. You've got to do laundry and you've got to eat and whatever, no matter where you are. So all that is donor paid. All of the, We, we rub two nickels together to figure this whole thing out. We don't have $10 million sponsors like the RNC. Uh, we're just a bunch of people out here who decided it was time to make a difference. And if Tom, Jane, and, and Lou all chip in a hundred bucks here and a hundred bucks there, in the next 10 or 20 years, we're going to get this thing done.
1: Let's do it, folks, because it is important to our American future. There's a progressive liberal agenda that is going on in this nation right now that we must stand against. And, uh, friends, when we talk about standing against it, you must see some of the devices that are being used. Now, you heard Derek say that there are uh, young black Americans who are involved in this program, young Latinos. Who were involved in this program, and I'd love to see young whites involved in this program as well. That would be an incredible visual, especially in the days when we're looking at a movement to Tox to make toxic masculinity, particularly the white male and Derek, you and I have fought this fight for a long time now and do can from your perspective, tell us, share with the audience. Why or maybe the rhyme or reason behind the toxicity now that the progressive liberals are trying to paint as far as the white male is concerned? And does that help the conversation at all when it comes to content of character and color of skin? Talk to us about it.
0: It's fascinating conversation because on the surface, you have to ask yourself, why would they care? Why, why, why would they try to demonize being a white male? Why would they try to demonize being masculine? What What's the problem? Well, you have to dig a little bit deeper. And, of course, what these people believe, and in all factuality, there is some truth behind what they believe. They believe that the world is ruled, is run by a power establishment that is concentrated in white males over 50 and of course, there's some truth to that. If you look at the list of the world's most uh, wealthiest 20 or 50 people, it's predominantly white males over 50, with the except of some exceptions of some Arabs who uh, who have oil money and, and crack that list. But that's true. So they then take that truth that the world is is dominated by these individuals and filter that down to the local level kindergarten. They look at the local level first grade and say we have got to get to those young white males while they're only 7 years old because one day they will be 70 and if we can't influence their way of too late by the time they grow up it's completely painting with a brush that is entirely too broad but if you use that broad of a brush and you get everybody then sooner or later you will get the 1 or 2 or 3% Who could grow up to become one of the Koch brothers or Donald Trump or somebody else whom they despise?
1: Wow. And I have never understood the despising of the wealthies, particularly since uh, we're using computers, we're using iPhones, and some rich guy, white, black, whoever he might be, did invest capital that he could have lost in trying to bring that technology forward. Uh, Why is it that our young people then are manipulated in this way? Is there then an elitist type of agenda that comes with... With Marxism and socialism that our young people really don't understand or see coming down the pike what do, how do you see that Derek
0: they don't understand and they can't I mean when, when you and I were 19 we didn't understand it either there are some things that you can only grow into as a result of time and experience you can be smart when you're young but you cannot be wise Wisdom only comes one of two ways, through the word of God and through accumulated number of years. So you get to them when they're 20 years old. But you're absolutely right. What these people don't seem to understand is that you being wealthy does not prevent me from becoming wealthy, too. They're not mutually exclusive. They seem to think there's a finite no- amount of money. There's only $10 million. And if you have $9 million of it, then the rest of us have to split the last one. But that's not the way it is. In fact, you being wealthy makes my chances of being wealthy better because you might hire me to cut your grass. You might hire me to change the oil in your car. You will provide working capital that I can then use to grow my own wealth base. How many people do you know earning $38,000 a year that have a gardener and a hairdresser and all the other things that wealthy people have, but they, they don't see that? They think that you being wealthy is an impediment to the rest of society. And so that that jealousy foments inside of them and then permeates everything they think. So that the fault of everything in this country is the wealthy. They don't understand that the top 10% pay 73% of the nation's income tax. They don't talk about that. They just talk about how the wealthy are ruining it for everybody else. And when you're 19 years old, you believe it because –
1: you don't know any better. Let's talk about the top three visible old white men in this country. Donald John Trump, Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders, all of them vying for the presidency of the United States. Two of them seem to be engaged in self-hatred and they they are doing it. Uh, Joe Biden and, um, uh, of course, Bernie Sanders are doing it for political expediency on the progressive liberal ledger. Donald John Trump, on the other hand, is saying to uh, all of us, uh, black people, young black people in particular, what do you got to lose as far as trying something different? When we look at a Joe Biden, Derek Wilburn, please talk to us about this now. How is it that someone like him... Who doesn't really have a composite? It it appears. How is it that he is now playing that race card against himself? It's open season on Caucasians. It appears by Caucasians. Talk to us about that, Derek. It's just absolutely (laughs) ludicrous. I don't. I don't get it. Talk. Give us your take.
0: You, you know the world's gone crazy when white people are saying the problem is white people. <laughs> so, you know, uh, and you see this, and we see this on social media and stuff all the time, white people who are were, who were out there claiming that white people are the problem in the, in the world. And what I have to say to those people is, look, if you really believe that, there's a real simple, you can help contribute to the solution. Right. So if you believe the problem is there's too many white people on the planet, you can remove one of them <laughs> perfectly legally. So, but yet they never want to do that. Uh, Joe Biden is. It's interesting how he's become the savior of the Democrat Party. Uh, yeah, a washed up old white guy who's never done anything besides spend other people's money for a living. But Biden just released his environmental. You save the planet plan. They all have to have one of these if you want to get the green money into your campaign, right? And, of course, you have to one-up everybody else. So everybody else is going to spend a trillion or two. Biden is going to announce a plan where he's going to spend $5 trillion to green the country and eliminate uh, carbon emissions and all this other muggy business. And he's going to do it by removing the Trump tax cuts. So this is the brilliance of Joe Biden, we're going to the Trump tax cuts. We all see what's happening. You have to be living in a closet in New Mexico and being raised by wolves to not see the good news every day that's happening in our economy. Jobs are coming back, companies are coming back. The thing we're, we're roaring, GDP is up. So he wants to reverse that which is causing the boom in our economy and then spend 5 trillion that we don't have and spend airmail that bill to our great-great-great-great-grandchildren to prevent us from destroying the planet with our carbon emissions.
1: And the reason they want to do all these hold things— Hold that thought. Hold that thought and- right there, Derek. Hold that thought right there. Coming up on a break, keep that thought. I want you to expand upon that when we return with Derek Wilburn right here on the C.L. Bryant Show. Don't go anywhere. You thought I was worth saying. So you came and changed my life. You
0: thought I was worth keeping. So you cleaned me up inside. You thought I was to die for. So you
2: sacrificed. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio.
1: God bless America. I do the best I can, always in the heaven,
0: and for the flag I stand.
1: Fourth of July is coming up. Independence Day in America is coming up here shortly. And get that song. That is D-Rock's latest release. I am an American. And if you're out on the beach or if you're in the park, campgrounds, having a grand old time on our Independence Day, 243 years of our nation's existence, be sure to play that one loud and proud. I was very happy to uh, lend my voice to the opening of the that song, D-Rock's new release, I Am an American. If you're traveling to Times Square, look up above Ripley's Believe It or Not and right above there is the Red State Talk Billboard and every hour uh, the C.L. Bryan show does pop up there in Times Square and O.C.L.'s face is looking right back at you there on the Red State Talk Billboard. We're on with Derek Wilburn who is the founder of Rocky Mountain... uh, black republicans and he has a program where he the third year the third year where he is sending interns to washington dc young people college students so that they can have a hands on idea of how our government is indeed put together we were talking about uh, the open season on caucasians seemingly by caucasians and joe biden and bernie sanders on the progressive liberal side are in fact leading That charge. And Derek, you were making a point about that when in speaking about Joe Biden and his feckless uh, attempts to become president in the past. Continue. with your thought? My good friend.
0: I'm going to do something that that hosts hate. I'm going to throw you a curveball and completely change topics on you with no warning (laughs) because you just said something that is so powerful so important and i've been preaching for years and it goes right through most people's consciousness prior to bringing me back you just said independence day two times most people say the fourth of july and i want to encourage all of your listeners i want to i encourage everybody every year on this tip the fourth of july is not a holiday Any more than is the 5th of July, the holiday that we celebrate, which falls on the fourth day of every July is America's Independence Day. And I always encourage people to call the holiday by its proper name, not the date on the calendar that it falls on, because it's easy for us to all say the 4th of July. That's not a holiday. After all, we don't say Merry 25th of December.
1: That's right. You're absolutely right man and hey folks it's independence day and you know Derek it is Amen. it is such fake news that uh, we have formed around this 4th of July, you'll see commercials, ex- fireworks exploding all over televisions for big 4th of July blowout. And, and and it's just absolutely ludicrous to think that that's what they're uh, uh, glorifying instead of the day we are actually celebrating. Glad you brought that point up. Now, now, Derek, now that you've taken over my show, let's go back to <laughs> let, let's go back to what I want to talk about. Joe Biden. Talk to us. Finish up. Finish about that old white man. Uh, does he have a prayer, Derek Wilburn?
0: He, he, he doesn't have a prayer. Uh, I don't think any of them have a prayer. Uh, the field of clowns on the de- Democrat side right now is so pathetic. Uh, Bernie doesn't realize it, but the DNC is going to do it to him just like they did it to him last time. Um, why he isn't running as an independent is anyone's guess. But the rest of these people, uh, Harris. Uh, de Blasio Beto O'Rourke they're all polling in the single digits they can't raise any money with that kind of uh, performance Uh, everybody and their brothers out there pursuing the the money and none of them are going to beat Trump because well you don't want to be overconfident but the bottom line is people tend to vote their pocketbook they tend to look past ideology they tend to look past tweets they tend to look past all that stuff and say you know what last year or five years ago at this time i had a hundred dollars in the bank now i have fourteen hundred dollars in the bank why would i want to change that so i don't think any of them are really in a particularly strong position but to the point you are making this is what they're saying they don't understand who their constituents are so they are saying to white america and especially white male america you pigs you are what's wrong with the country. You are what's wrong with the world. Now vote for me. It's <laughs> just not smart. No, it's not just sure. not. And if you look at today's makeup of the Democrat Party CL, those at the top, you have a party of coastal elites. That's what you've got. You look at all these candidates. They all come from the coasts, metropolitan areas Biden, Obama, Clinton, Harris. Feinstein, Pelosi, Schumer, Warren, Sanders, these are all coastal elites. Very few people, except for ones like you and I who are really tuned in and, and pay very careful attention. Very few people can name a prominent Democrat from flyover country. Very few of them. If you really know what you 're talking about, you might know Dick Durbin from Illinois. Right. You might know Elon Omar from Minnesota cuz she can't stop getting in trouble. But that's about it. <laughs> and what these people are doing is they're saying to middle America, we hate you. Now vote for us. But what they don't realize is that what they call flyover country, the rest of us call
1: home. Yeah. You know, you're absolutely right, Derek. Uh, you and I are right in the, the, basically, well, you're in the mountain mountain time zone. I'm right in the middle of the country, the central time zone. As you say, fly over country. That's where most of America does, in fact, live. There is one who's not in a, one of the uh, elites at all that does come from Indiana. And I want to talk to him just for, talk talk about this for just a minute. He is an anomaly almost. Uh, he's called Mayor Buttigieg. Pete, Mayor Mayor Pete uh, Buttigieg took me by surprise. Didn't expect Buttigieg to come on, but he's not polling well either. And uh, I don't. I just see a landslide coming in 2020 for Donald Trump. Uh, what uh, does Pete Buttigieg uh, represent uh, when we're talking about the evolution, if you can call it that? Of American politics is there anything that he represents uh, from your point of view Derek Wilburn
0: absolutely Um, well in terms of his candidacy I don't take it particularly seriously either he's a small-town mayor Um, it's going to be tough for anybody coming from that background to get the type of traction and fundraising necessary to win a federal election but to your question what does he represent I don't know that he so much represents or is reflective of the, power of the of the political climate of the nation, but certainly of the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party has now become LBGTQWXYNZ everything. It, it's all that matters. I've never seen anything like it. Man, it, 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 they first want to know, who do you go to bed with at night? Then they want to know, where do you stand on policies and positions that are important to us? Whereas for the rest of the country, at least – I'd say 90% of us, we want to know first, where do you stand on policies that affect my life and my family? And we want to know a distant second, if at all, who you go to bed with at night. I don't care who you go to bed with at night. It's none of my business. It doesn't involve me. It's not, I don't, I don't get a say in it. I don't want a say in it. In fact, if anything, I'm offended by you making it my business. But with today's Democrat Party and certainly with Mayor Pete, boy, they put it right out there on their sleeve. We've got to do everything we can to force LBGTQ on everyone when what everyone else is concerned with is, is the factory going to reopen and rehire my sons?
1: Absolutely. Before we get to uh, uh, how to get in touch with you and how to help you one more time in this interview, I have one more question for you. Derek Wilburn is my special guest today, very good friend of mine. I admire this man more than even he knows. And uh, and that is this. Uh, I, I want to get to the, um, co- the compass of the Republican Party. Derek, they have seemed uh, to be almost rudderless uh, w- people. People without a compass, we have a, a strong leader uh, that would give direction if, in fact, Republicans would get on board. Uh, do are we going to pull this thing together uh, here? We've got about th- uh, four minutes, three minutes left in this interview, Derek. But take a couple of minutes and talk to uh, our, our, our party, the, the Republican Party, going into this near future of 2020.
0: No. The answer to your question, I believe, is no, we're not going to pull this together uh, during Trump's tenure, which I believe will last another uh, five and a half years. Those who are firmly entrenched in the Never Trump camp, regardless the letter after their last name, there's plenty of Republicans over there right alongside them. Those who are entrenched in Never Trump will never leave that reservation it's just not going to happen i mean look at all the good things he's done and they still aren't on board so he tells mexico last last week wednesday i'm leaving the bargaining table i do not bluff come monday when i get back from japan we're going to slap a 25 percent tariff on everything you do unless you do something about your southern border he's gone for a week in japan comes back and lo and behold mexico has changed their mind And Trump lifts the tariff threat, which would have taken effect yesterday. Where were the Republicans in Congress while he was in Japan? I didn't see a single news conference from any of these people saying the president's on the right track. We support him. If this is what we have to do, it's what we have to do. Yes, there may be some short-term pain, but ultimately America will win. They run from everything he does. And then when he wins, they want to take credit, and he isn't going to let that happen. He'll blow them all up before that happens. (laughs) So I don't think the party will ever truly unite while Trump is in the Oval Office, but— I'm not convinced that that is necessarily a bad thing.
1: You know, you may be right because that does give us an opportunity to rebuild uh, from the ground up. And you folks play a very important part with that. And if you want to help someone who is grooming tomorrow's leaders today, you might want to consider helping Derek Wilburn in his efforts. Derek, tell the folks how they can help you with your intern program if they're so inclined
0: blackandconservative.com. Click that donate button and click it hard. CL, since you and I have been on the phone, a couple of pictures have come into my inbox from our intern class who, as we speak, are getting a private audience with Secretary of HUD, Dr. Ben Carson. Right now, they are one-on-one, well, one-on-25 with him, and he's explaining to them Why he embraces conservatism, his background growing up in the inner city, projects in Detroit, and his passion for the Constitution. All that stuff's being downloaded to those young people right now.
1: You are hearing American progress for our future happening live on the C.L. Bryan Show with someone who is a shaker and mover in our country, Derek Wilburn. And, hey, man, continue to fight the good fight. I know that you will because you have been and you are fighting the good fight. Thank you so much for being with me. God bless you and keep you. Hey, uh, real quick, real quick, facebook.com slash
0: R-M-B-T-P. You can see the pictures in about five minutes.
1: Say it again, Derek.
0: Facebook.com slash R-M-B-T-P, Rocky Mountain Black Tea Party. I will post the pictures of the meeting with Dr. Carson when you and I get off the phone.
1: Be sure to go there, folks, and help out in this cause. It's important to all of us. God bless you and keep you, man. I'll see you on the trail real soon. Derek Wilburn. I'm C.L. This is the C.L. Bryan Show, and I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation daily. Oh, there's a lot of meat on the bone yet that we must, in fact pull off here and chew uh today on the show as we build the bridge to conversation there's a lot for you to talk about at the dinner table around the water cooler at work uh wherever you may be in your life's journey uh here listening to the cl brian show daily i'll be back don't go anywhere
0: credible, thoughtful discussion without the
2: partisan outrage. This is the Loving Liberty Radio Network.